Man, I want to thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are raising the standard on what it means to be a man of God. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of this podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to walk through three lies that every man tends to tell themselves from time to time. You know, for some guys, this is very short-lived. Maybe you only told yourself this lie, you know, every once in a while, or one of these three, or, or a combination thereof. But I just believe there's there's some guys who just stay in this uh, frame of mind for far too long and it is incredibly, incredibly destructive. And I'm going to unpack why I believe these three specific lies are so destructive. And I think they're really simple to remember, um, but I think they will resonate with our listeners here. But before I begin, uh, I want to recognize Lyle Milks. Uh, he's one of the guys who went and has left a five-star review uh, with the Pursuit of Manliness on iTunes. I appreciate you men doing that. Um, it's not necessarily about the reviews. It's about you know just the community we're trying to build here. But when you do that, what you're doing is you are sharing your perspective of this community and the conversation we're having. Lyle said the podcast put out by Jarrett at the pursuit of manliness are often what drives me to put my next foot forward and keep moving on in the direction I committed to some years ago while I haven't been as active in pursuit of manliness or tribe groups as I had intended. I listen to several episodes almost daily, several I listen to over and over again. Jared is truly a caring man who wants all of us to be manly men of God. He explains, preaches, and teaches godly virtues and character building. Bottom line, it's time well spent. Lyle, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I've had the privilege of getting to know Lyle and and several other men within tribe right now. Uh, Lyle is one of these guys Guys, that when he speaks, um, everybody is better for it. So I'm, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for you know this pursuit of manliness community. Even within this closed group, it's you know nearly uh, 2,000 men right now. But the men that show up, the men that engage, leave comments, or whatever, man, guys, you really do make us better. And and, and just by leaving a comment or, or in, you know sharing a link or whatever it is, uh, the community is stronger because of that. So what I want to do is I want to get into today's show. We're going to talk talk about three lies that I believe men tell themselves, I am a firm believer in the value of self-talk. And what I mean by that is, what types of things do you catch yourself saying uh, to yourself? Are you repeating maybe the negativity that others have said about you? uh, Or are you telling yourself something that keeps your fire lit moving forward? Uh, In my experience, what we tend to do is repeat the negative things we have heard in our lives. It might be, you know, maybe an ex-wife said a lot of hateful things about you and you just keep replaying those thoughts in your head or a former coach or, you know, a parent or an employee or whatever, you know, before long, you begin to believe these lies as if they're truth. And it's something that you just keep repeating to yourself especially in moments where your pride has taken a hit, you know, where your ego is down the dumps, where your, you know, self-worth is really low. I, I am a natural introvert. So my natural tendency is to remove myself from people um, nearly daily. I've said this before. I can work in my office with nobody in the building with the door closed, just the lamps on and headphones on and feel right at home. I mean, that's just so. But the danger of that is in those moments where you remove yourself and you're the only voice, what are you telling yourself? Think of it this way. If you were to what you tell yourself on a regular basis. Now, imagine someone saying those exact words or phrases to people you love, like your wife, your children or your grandchildren. So whatever you catch yourself saying to yourself, whether it was today, this weekend, whatever, and you take those words and you put them with someone else, or maybe the person that said them to you and you visualize them saying it uh, to your wife, would you let that person talk that way to your wife? Most men, most godly husbands would say, absolutely not. 
That's not even an option. Would you let them say it to your children? Nope. How about your grandchildren? How about your future grandchildren? Not at all. So why do we allow those voices to still have power in our own life? So what happens is we take those lies, we take those things that are um, untrue about ourselves, or maybe they were even true in just in that moment, but they're not true now, and we keep them on like loop like you might do like a terrible movie you watched one time. You don't keep replaying terrible music music or movies. Uh, you, you're one and done. I'm done with that. The same has to be true with this. So I, I love this verse. I've shared it often, but I lean into Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It goes on to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Like what words are you catching yourself, telling yourself, uh, and what are they doing to you because they are having an effect on you. So specifically these three lies. Well, that said, I'm going to take a look at these three. Uh, again, from time to time, I believe all men tell themselves this. I believe there are some men who live in this world of these three lies right here. Uh, I think it sometimes it's out of apathy. Sometimes it's being damaged or broken. The people closest to you probably did the most uh, destructive things to you. And, and it's evil and it's wicked and it's horrible and you're still carrying the scars and broken bones from that. Uh, sometimes it's just life circumstances. You're like, man, I just keep getting the short end of the stick. You know, it, it's that pig pen mentality. I just got this pile of stink that seems to follow me around everywhere I go. Um, sometimes it's just that we don't understand Jesus. You know, you, you got a form of religion, but you didn't get Jesus. You got rules and regulations and you got burnt by the church. You got burnt by a pastor. You got burnt by a youth group. You got burnt by... It happens a lot. So we go, man, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Sometimes it's just that you don't understand the Bible. And you just haven't put in the work. Like You might grab onto like a story or a character, and you're like, I'm all about that person. But you don't know how it fits like the big scheme of things, and how does it apply to your life. And sometimes it's just a whole list of other reasons. And, and we don't need necessarily to add to it. We can have our own. So I'm going to get into this. I want to get into the very first lie I believe we tell ourselves. The first lie is this. I am fine. I am fine. I think that's the, the, the most common lie we tell ourselves. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need anyone else. I don't need something else. I don't need help. I don't need therapy. I don't need a book. I don't need a church. I don't need anything else. I am fine. Either I can save myself or I'm not that bad or I have a faith and it's good enough. I'm fine. Listen, you. we are never fine. Like it's never just okay. It's never just good enough. We're never fine. Uh, I shared this yesterday talking about structure and things in our life that we can have no broken bones in a dead body. Just because you seemingly have things, you know, you have a job, I have a wife, I have a kid, I have, you know, whatever, it doesn't mean things are good. And we're always moving forward. So if you ever relax on that and say, well, I'm fine. I've shared these two verses, Matthew 7, 21. Jesus talks about people who uh, will say, well, didn't we, you know, cast out demons and perform miracles and do all these things? And he's going to say, apart from me, I never knew you. And then Matthew 23, he talks about people who are going to get into heaven and they're going to go, when did we do these things for you? Well, you helped the poor. You did... We're never fine. It's never a resting place that we just put the car in neutral and say, I'm just going to sit here for a minute. I'm just going to let it idle. And no, it's, it's, we're constantly, hopefully, moving forward. So, uh, again, when we find ourselves with that I am fine mindset, it should be a warning. There are other areas affected by this. Uh, our emotional, physical, financial, and relational growth are all damaged when we have an I am fine mindset. We refuse to take the time to address the pain that we are really experiencing those areas and it will take to get healthy. Listen, I believe every man, I believe every woman too, but we're talking to men here specifically. I believe every man is damaged and broken. I really do believe that. I believe every man 
is has that little boy somewhere inside of him that is broken. Man, somebody screwed you over. Someone dropped the ball in your life. Someone abused you. Someone neglected you. Someone didn't tell you your worth. Somebody didn't, whatever. I think every guy has that somewhere. It looks different per individual, but I think everyone has brokenness in there. We have that insecure junior hire. We have that kid who you know, woke up with a pimple on the day of the dance. You have all these things in our life that we don't address it. And I'm not talking about you need you know, therapy on a couch, someone's couch. Now, you may need that, but I'm talking about just a real honest conversation. Like, look, I'm not that person anymore. But you have to have those conversations. Let's, let's talk about emotional health. What are you not dealing with? What are you not addressing? What do you need to, to, to take to God? What do you need to have a conversation with your wife over? Uh, my wife and I had a conversation last night, and, and i got to be honest, I didn't want to have it. The selfish, self-centered individual in me did not want to have it. What I wanted to do was listen to a radio program about one of my sports teams. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to put headphones on and listen to that. But the truth is, I need to have those conversations. They, they have to happen. So what emotional things are you not dealing with? What about physical health? Just because your clothes fit you or you're able to find jeans that now have stretchy sides to them or whatever, it doesn't mean that you're physically healthy. I don't care if the rest of your family you know, looks like they're growing up on the biggest loser ranch. That doesn't mean you are fit. Like, are you physically healthy? Like, What physical issues are you dealing with? What, is there a pain in your life? Is there a murmur? Is there something that you're like, I just don't want to address it. I'm fine. It will just go away. I'll drink more water. I'll get more sleep. Like Suddenly, we turn into WebMD. No, are there physical issues in your life that you're not dealing with? Um, what about relational health? Do you have the right people in your life? Like, Do you have the right online content, you know, contacts? Do you have the right in life, real life people contact. Do you have the right pastor? Do you have the right small group? Do you have the right team that you serve with? You know, so relationally, how are you doing healthy? How, how healthy are you? And are you willing to do what it takes relationally to put yourself out there, be vulnerable to some people and get connected to people that will help you get healthy? Now, listen, it's not up to them to get you healthy, but being around them sometimes will help you get healthy. It will be good for you. So relationally, how are you doing? Financially, how are you doing? Where are your finances going? Our conversation last night was a financial conversation. It needed to happen. I don't like financial conversations. I don't like, you know, I don't like hard conversations, but the truth is this real men have real conversations. Real men have real conversations that must take place. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud. When you think you are fine, when you think you are the king of your kingdom, I don't need anything else. I'm good. That is a dangerous place to be. James just said right there, when you God opposes the proud. So when you're proud, when you're, you have this arrogant mindset that I am fine, you're actually in direct opposition with God, the God of the universe. That's not a good place to be. And we say often we want to be confident, covered in humility, confident who we are in Christ, humble enough to continue to pursue him. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We lie to ourselves a lot. We think we're right a lot. And, and Jeremiah says that's simply not the case. The best way to gauge is, is this is, are you around people in your life, your wife, your children, whatever, who are helping you pursue God and are also pursuing God themselves? If you're not, that's a, that's a really uh, destructive place to be. All right, You want to be around people who will help make you better. So the first lie is, I am fine. The second lie is this, they are fine. If you read your Bible, 
Uh, you'll see that our lives and obedience to God, or lack thereof, does affect other people. So the lie that people tell themselves is, they're fine. My wife is fine. My kids are fine. My job is fine. The employees are fine. My team is fine. It's oh, They're fine. They'll, deal, they're, they'll be okay. I could not show up. It'll be fine. They're fine, right? You think about people in the Bible. Jacob's sins d- destroyed his children for years. When when Dinah was raped, he did nothing about it. And his sons uh, concocted a plan to circumcise all those guys and, and then destroy them. And Jacob was upset about how it looked on him. All that favoritism and all that, they're fine. They'll just deal with it. They'll roll with the punches. This is what we tell, you know, talk about with kids in divorce. They're fine. They get two Christmases. They get two birthdays. They get two whatever. Listen, if you've been a product of divorce or your, your kids have gone through, you know they're not fine. Kids are resilient because it's survival mode, okay? So the idea that we're fine is a dangerous place to be. We also try, try often try to convince ourselves that our sin or lack of effort doesn't affect anyone else, right? Like it's just us being selfish, so it doesn't affect other people, and it's really not true. When you think about like you say, well, my wife is fine. She's fine. Um, how's your intimacy, your connection with her, and your investment in her life? If you're not investing in her life, if you're not making her a priority, if the most important things don't get the lion's share of your energy, they're not fine. Your wife is not fine. Okay? And and then you wonder why you have these problems. And then you wonder why I want someone to fix them. And I'm just praying she comes home. Well, make sure that you know that you're always making sure that she is more than fine. Okay? What about my children? They're fine. Our influence or how they view God or what they learn from us as a man is greatly affected by their relationship with us. You say, well, they're fine. They're not. You get them for a very small window of time. Then they're at your house. They're at your house longer than they're actually in your house. And and again, I've said this often, but I've seen people who will just desperately pray that their kids would go to church or they'd find a spouse who loves Jesus or whatever long after they're out of their house. And if you really drill down into it, ask them, what did you do when they were in the house? Well, we're weekend warriors, right? We went camping and hunting and fishing and you know, you're like a Luke Bryan song, right? We're just hunting and fishing and just having a good time and on four wheelers and then then they get out of the house, you're like, I wish they'd go to church. You had them in you had them. Take advantage of the opportunity. What about your church? Your value, your presence, the culture, everything. Do you make it better? What about your job? It's easy to say your place of employment is fine, right? Especially if you're not the guy who's you know, taking care of the books. If you don't show up, it's fine. If I take a longer lunch, it's fine. If I jack around on my job, it's fine. It, it, all that stuff catches up with us, right? I think about Achan's sin in Joshua chapter 6. It's, a, it's fulfilled in Joshua 7 that you know Achan took some of the devoted things of God and he hit it. One individual took these things, he hit it, he thought, I'm just going to hang on to some of this. It's fine, right? It's not going to affect anybody. Well, later on, 36 uh, men die in battle. So there's 36 husbands or fathers or sons or brothers. They all die. Eventually, Achan is called out and, and his tribe is called out. His clan is, tri- I mean, everyone's brought out there. And then you got his Achan with his wife and kids and everything he owns is brought out there. And what happened to them? They were stoned to death. So you got 36 men that die because of Achan's sin. You got a family that dies. You have a legacy that dies. You have all this stuff that dies because Achan just assumed no big deal. His sin affects the entire camp, his, his family, everything. One of the scariest verses to me, if you will, and I'm not trying to, you know, hellfire and brimstone here by any means, but Deuteronomy chapter five, I remember someone reading this to me one time in, in uh, Bible college. And it, and I had a, at that point I had my first child and it just 
wrecked me when I heard this verse. It was Deuteronomy chapter 5, 9 through 10. It says, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, uh, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandment. And I remember thinking, my kids are going to endure the consequences of my sin if I don't repent and turn on my ways. And I was a Christian at that time. Okay, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is uh, I sin daily. And God just says right there that I will visit the iniquity, the sins of the fathers to the children of the third and fourth. So my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren would get the consequences, if you will, of my sin if I don't repent of that. When does this cycle break? If we don't stand up as men of God and say no more, it stops with me. It stops with me. I don't care what my father did. I don't care what my grandfather did. I don't care what the status quo was. I don't care what seemed to be okay. I, I have to... I have to get this right. I, I have to be better. The third lie that we believe is this. It will be fine. Lie number three is it will be fine. The idea that everything works out in the end. Have you ever heard this before? I have a friend this way. He believes this. Like it all just kind of works out in the end, right? Like we just, and, and his mindset is I turned out okay. I'm not sure he did, but uh, but I turned out okay, right? If we just exist, we try to make some good decisions, we're not too bad to our family, our jobs, we put a little money away from retirement, it all just works out in the end, and it will be fine. That God, in his infinite mercy, will just show us more mercy and kindness and bless us, and it, it, it will just be fine. I heard someone say this once, that there, he believed that his kids would not make poor decisions or fall into a, a pattern of sin because they wouldn't want to hurt him. That he didn't need to like really drill down into their life and find out, you know, how you live and how's your thought life, how's your friends. He didn't need to do that because they just wouldn't want to hurt their dad. The truth is, they're just going to become sneakier about it, or they're going to become callous to it. Right? That's what sin does. It starts off and it does feel weighty in the beginning, and then eventually it's not that big of a deal. And so, while God is sovereign and providential, there's still a responsibility on our part as men to keep growing and invest in the lives of other people. First Timothy four fifteen says, "You know, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them, so that you may see your progress. That you may you may keep moving forward." I I don't think we need all the self help stuff that we find online. We need to be in the Word of God. We need the Bible. You know, we need God's Word to light a fire in us. It's a daily pursuit of God that's growing and maturing, and, and it keeps us moving more like God. It's called sanctification, that God is making us into the image of His Son, Jesus. Um, I, I want you to know your progress will not look the same as other people. Two guys can start the exact same spot, and, and you may move at a, a way different speed than the guy next to you, and that's okay as long as your progress is progress. You keep moving forward, right? And there's simple practices like daily prayer and, and Bible reading, serving, tithing, church involvement. You know, All these things help move us towards uh, who we are in Christ. You know, Matthew 13, Jesus references you know, the kingdom of heaven and what it's like, and these parables show that uh, an involvement in the kingdom of heaven, that it will be fine. Well, for it to be fine, we have to be kingdom-minded people. And kingdom-minded people see their progress on a regular daily basis, and they keep moving in that direction. The best way to do this is for us to surround ourselves with people who are doing this. Uh, we really can build better men together as we keep moving forward. That that I get encouragement from you. I hope you get something from me, and, and then you get something from someone else, and you get it from your church, and, and collectively we will be better. And it's not because we cr- create this you know little elite 
club or group. It's so that we can stand before God someday and say, man, I, it was not for a lack of effort. I did everything I could to be a good man of God, to be a good husband, to be a good father. You know, man, I, I, I want the generations that come after me to say, man, it was not for lack of effort. He tried. Man, there's no question uh, that this was that this was a passion of his to be uh, more like Christ. So self-talk, as I started in the beginning, uh, is really negative and is very self-destructive. It is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Uh, if we continue to try to pretend like our lives are neutral and they really don't affect other people, that I'm fine, you know, my kids are fine, wife is fine, job is fine. Listen, it will it will hurt us, and there'll be a consequences of the sin of apathy. So once again, here's these three lies I want you to think about. Number one, I am fine. Number two, they are fine. Number three, it will be fine. Those are simple lies, but I think that we are telling ourselves this maybe on a daily basis. So men, once again, I want to encourage you to connect with Pursuit of Manliness. If you're in a closed group where I'm recording this live right now, man, let me know you're here. Get, give me some feedback. Um, love your perspective. I appreciate the men that are in that group. If you're looking to get in that group, it's uh, just facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash uh, Pursuit of Manliness. If you're a man and you want to be a better man of God, uh, click join. Guys that are in there, and I appreciate you guys doing this, man, you can add guys. If you add guys, uh, we will almost always add them to the group. Um, I think it's an encouragement to see guys add guys because um, that means there's something going on in there that you say, I I want my friends, coworkers, relatives, whatever, uh, to be in there. So, again, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's all at Pursuit Manliness. And I want to thank you guys that go to iTunes, click subscribe. That is, that's huge. I appreciate that. Um, YouTube as well. I try to post regular content on there uh, just to keep the conversation going. We're just looking to equip men uh, to be a better men of God. So, guys, thank you for listening. And, and man, let's just keep pursuing that idea of raising the standard of what it means to be a man of God.